You know, I would be sorry if it was a bobblehead of anybody else other than Jose Abreu. I'm just kidding. Coming to you live, kind of-ish. Not really live, because you're listening to this as a podcast. It's the Sons of Anarchy podcast with your hosts. Uh, I am Steve-O. You can find me on Twitter, at DrunkShySoxMan. And Hot Dick Tommy. I love that you're telling people how they're listening to this as if they aren't aware of what they're doing their daily lives Um, all this is brought to you by us (laughs) make sure you subscribe to us we're your favorite four star white Sox podcast we are literally 4.1 stars we're like one of the lowest rated podcasts oh Um, yeah well we suck so and that's that's okay um because we are (laughs) we we live in the city with four stars on its flag there you go see yeah that was cleaner this this time than last time it's true we are the most chicago of all chicago White Sox baseball podcast. Yeah, yeah. You're in Forest Park. I'm in Chicago. We're the most Chicago. I'm 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 in Oak Park now, Tom. But it's oh, okay. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, geez. My suburbs. I can't believe I got them mixed up. They're they're totally different. Forest Park and Oak Park. Uh, I hate you so much. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They are essentially the high same. higher taxes. That's about oh. it. I moved. Oh, in, I moved. moved I moved in... over across Harlem, and now I have higher taxes. It's fantastic. Oh, those bastards. I know. Uh, Tom, uh, how are you doing, by the way? Um, oh I think how, how you're feeling actually might play really well into what we're going to talk about today. Uh, how I'm feeling after waking up this morning to uh, – it was a lovely morning. I looked out the, the window. I saw the sun was shining, and then I stepped downstairs to move uh, the last load of laundry into the washing machine for the weekend. I was like, ah, oh, we're doing – we're having a great start to the day. Shit, all over the carpet downstairs fucking piss right next to it from... so you you pissed off your wife that much that she yeah, just had she to just... defecate all over your basement floor <laughs> yeah yeah i'm glad you think so highly of my wife that she would just shit on the floor uh in your mind uh, no no that is not what happened i actually this is this is the part that i didn't tell you yet is that when we went to bed last night uh, we were downstairs watching tv having a good time we were like okay let's go to bed it's late and we saw Jack-Jack, one of our dogs, down in the corner, sleeping on his bed, so soundly, so quietly, like a king. I was like, well, let's not wake him. You know, he's so sweet right now. Let's not wake him and just to tell him to go to sleep upstairs. What a waste of time. Regrets. He decided, <laughs> whenever he woke up, like probably like 4 a.m., he was like, oh, this is a great time to shit and piss everywhere. One shit spot, two piss spots. Why? Why? <laughs> Because, no because you neglected him. No, oh, I neglected him. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted him to sweet, sweetly slumber <laughs> like the sweet prince that he is. And uh, he was like, fuck you. <laughs> geriatric prince. That's what that dog is. <laughs> yes, he is the geriatric prince. And then and then he was the one who woke me up this morning like, hey, I got a pit. He was like crying at the edge of the bed like, hey, I got to go out. I'm like, okay, asshole. You, you got to teach Jack-Jack how to use the, the, the buttons like Todd does. <laughs> outside outside no uh well anyway that that was my morning uh just i am so sorry to hear cleaning up piss and shit no nah, it's fine i mean this is the joys of dog ownership everybody uh go to your closest uh humane society shelter and pick up your, the dog today uh, <laughs> <laughs> no free ads ring an endorsement for <laughs> If that's an advertisement, I'm doing a bad job. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's fair enough. I mean, I was listening to the CHGO podcast, um, which, by the way, you know I'm not a big podcast listener, right? But I don't think you've ever listened to podcasts. Never. Um, 
Certainly but not ours. I, I was listening. <laughs> I hate. I hate listening to <laughs> to our voices. It's it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> no, I was listening to CHGO podcast. Um, Wednesday's episode. No, Thursday's episode. It was uh, Herb Lawrence and my guy, our guy, Carrie uh, from Believe hey, in the South Side, hey, uh, hey. my co-host on that podcast. Um, but um, Herb was doing a ad read for I can't remember what, and he cursed during it, and he was like, "Well, I'm not supposed to curse during this ad read, but sorry." Um, <laughs> so he was doing an excellent job of ad reads as well. Um, Herb Lawrence is a funny guy. One, oh, I love Herb. Um, yeah, you know, being it was a privilege to do CHGO this summer with Sean Anderson, but I would have really loved to do one with Herb. Um, that would be that'd be kind of a dream. That'd be kind of Oh, between awesome. you and the and Carrie, you make the Believe in the South Side whole by having co-hosted with each side of the CHGO podcast. That is that is true. That is true. You're like it's like the Power Rangers when they're assembling the like robot and they're all connecting together and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense if you don't you, think about it. Are you sure that's the Power Rangers? <laughs> I think you're thinking of like uh Voltron. Some fucking Transformers shit. I don't know, man. Whatever. It's Voltron, dude. Voltron's the different Voltron? parts that come together. Dude, that, that, everybody's got a different robot that they connect uh, together. Fucking, got a, fucking Rick and Morty's got Charlie one. <laughs> Fuck yourself. <laughs> hey, Charlie Day is a, is a lovely man. He's also an entirely different individual than me. We're two different human beings. You and Charlie Day are... are two peas in a pod just like carrie and jonah hill are two, two peas in a pod. <laughs> yeah well i don't he, know i don't know who i am bearded dave kaplan i mean come on now who is the fucker that uh sam's uh stat check sent us the other day was it the samuel tucci or whatever or oh, oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I, that could be you well i've gotten the moby jokes but i don't Moby, yeah yeah it's all good it's all good i don't know I'm more all these be- jokes are good i'm more bearded than moby um moby's a bitch i'm on record saying that that's out in the airs now out in the airwaves <laughs> <laughs> i feel wow. good about it can we that's talk fantastic. about the white Sox? What's we should talk we're, we're six and a half minutes into this <laughs> we should talk some white Sox baseball Tom, I know how you're feeling about White Sox baseball as I pull Don't up my shake uh, that. 2020 you know AL MVP bobblehead. Yeah, no, let's go there. Fuck you, Steve. First jersey, of all, okay. jersey behind me still. I'm, yeah, I'm going to come in hot. Okay, so first of all, the fact that you have like a shrine to Jose Abreu in the background as if you ever gave a shit. Yeah, throw that card up in my face too. You got, what is that? The 2020 MLB MVP card? What is that card? You've got... Know. It's shiny, and it came from my sock summer in my recent 108 order. So <laughs> there you go. But you like the fact that you pretend that you give a shit or gave a shit about oh. Jose Abreu at any point oh. in his White Sox tenure, bro. Wow. When his contract, when his first contract with the White Sox came <laughs> up, you were like, "Don't resign him." That was like three, two. Yeah, that was three years ago. You were like, "I don't want his ass on the team." You're meanwhile. You're back here pretending like you gave a shit at any point with a jersey hanging in the in the rafters behind you and a, a bobblehead and a card as if you're like, oh, may he rest in peace. You are happy as hell that he's not on this team. Do not lie to me. Tom, you are so it almost content. sounds It almost sounds like you got a bone to pick. I, you, you damn fucking right. This is this all, all of this shit, bone to pick. Mm-hmm. I got a bone to pick.
Now, for real though, you do riddle me that. How at one point could you have said, I do not want him to be re-signed? Yeah, multiple times, twice, twice his contract came up with the White Sox, and twice you said, I don't want him on this team. And now you're pretending like you ever gave a shit? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have no time for you, sir. All right. Where do I start, Tom? Do, do I do I start with you're gonna praising, eulogize him now? Praising Jose Abreu and and shutting you down and letting you feel bad, or or do I start with my reasons why I think this team is is doing this right, and and, and why it's time it, it it's the changing of the guard in a sense. Where where do you want me to start? Go ahead and tell me why Jose Abreu is great, and then tell me why you want him gone. All right, all right. So I obviously you went off here, and I've been I've been called a Jose Abreu blasphemer, and and everything un- hater, and under everything underneath the sun. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I am hella critical of this man, but as you can see behind me, Tom, I still own his jersey. Um, is here we go. Jose Abreu was. <clears throat> The only shining spot in a sea of shit from the years what twenty twelve to present or twenty what was his first year twenty fourteen sorry twenty fourteen to present Tom he was um, AL rookie of the year that year he was AL rookie of the year that year he has a <laughs> albeit Mickey Mouse one he does have an MVP oh award in, in a White Sox uniform. Um, even and, when you're praising him, you can't. Help and the yourself. and and the number seventy nine <laughs> on the south side should be considered for retirement. Um, it should, we should think about putting it, um, you know, in the rafters or or you know up behind home plate or or wherever we're gonna be putting numbers of retired you know people uh, in the ballpark moving forward. Um, he stuck I want it, it on top of the base. I yeah. want it on top of first base. No, we want it on top of the bean. We want the statue <laughs> on top of the bean. <laughs> Just skull fucking a baseball. Oh um, my god! What, that, that what, who the fuck is that? Brian, Brian Knights. Knights. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Brian Knights is in the building. Thank you for that. Sorry, I, I had to. Um, he, he stuck it out through the hard years. Um, as I said, shining spot in a sea of shit. Um some really bad teams and some really not just bad teams, but even when they went out and thought they supplemented the roster, some really underperforming teams, 2016 in particular. Um, He brought this team back to relevance too. He's the linchpin of this Cuban wave that the White Sox have right Uh, before Jose Abreu, uh, before the, the, the Marco Patty, uh, signing of of the year or signing of his career um marco patty to you even 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 though he you know he just you know took advantage of the white Sox spilling all their international pool money into the guy who wanted to come here um saint marco really wasn't that much work Um, you have to say saint marco i will not um (laughs) patron saint of the white Sox. (laughs) so but this this cuban wave i mean you've got him you've got uh, with that came Yoan Moncada, Yasmani Grandal, um, uh, Luis Robert. Exactly. So, you know, there's something to be grateful for there. And, and his leadership, I know you can't quantify that into statistics, but the leadership that he brought to the clubhouse, the willingness to work hard day in and day out, the uh, tenacity and the 
never die attitude, even when he was injured. You know, there were days where you could tell Jose was banged up, but he never let you feel like he was unable to play, right? Unless he was actually seriously injured and he was on the IL, right? Um, This wasn't a guy asking for days off. If anything, he was asking to be playing when he was being given days off. Um, There's something about the mentality of Jose Abreu that needs to be praised and needs to be reinstilled into this, into this team. Um, The thing is, the thing is that um, all of that, there's, there's a lot of people that have said, you know, everything you say before the word, but doesn't matter. So you, that was your equivalent of like everything you just said. And then the word, but okay. So let's, let's no, but (laughs) as I said before, it's a changing of the guard, Tom. Do you really think that the White Sox should be building around a 36, almost 37-year-old first baseman whose power numbers are down? And and you can blame that on plate approach too, you know, and, and being, you know, following his coaches. I do. But is a first baseman who, you know, is I mean, this isn't Freddie Freeman. I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. It's not building around. It wouldn't have been. This is this is all in the past now, first of all. Nothing matters anymore. But I've got two big thoughts on this. And it's and first is the reaction to the fact that you think that having if we signed Jose Abreu, it would have been a sign that we're building around him for the future. It's it's maintaining a core that you've had for the last four plus years with the, with the idea that you trust that core, right? So you gave up on, you know, who basically got you to the point that you're at by not signing him back. The, I just think that sends a bad message. Uh, I also think that he was the last, not the last, but this is the second big thought that I've had on it is, is after he donned the Astros uniform, the first thought that I had was, you know, obviously, Hey, that's my favorite player in a different uniform, but the only other player that I actually will, you know, go to the fucking ends of the earth to defend on the White Sox at this point is Tim Anderson. There are no other players on this team, no other members of this core that are infallible in the minds of the fans of the White Sox, right? Like Jose Abreu was always going to be nothing but love for the man from every White Sox fan. Now, there's detractors, obviously, because of Andrew Vaughn, which flawed logic in my mind. If you have a perennial all-star and a former MVP still in his relative, relative prime, productive member of the team, why would you talk about a different player? Like, that's, that's losing team mindset is that, hey, we have to make room for the next player. If you have the best, the better player at the position at that moment, 
It doesn't matter who's behind him. Anyway, the point of it all to be said is that I don't, I'm not in love with this core anymore the way I used to be. And I know that, yeah, I mean, you said it yourself. Jose Abreu was a linchpin for this team. But Luis Robert had a league average season, replacement level season. Tim Anderson was out for a lot of the season. Yohan Moncada has fallen to earth since 2019. Andrew Vaughn is great, but he's shit at the outfield. And, you know, hey, we'll try his hand at first base for the first time since he's been a major leaguer. You know, Eloy Jimenez can't stay healthy. I'm just saying, like, as shitty as it is, this core is uninspiring at best without Jose Abreu. And that's the team that we're looking at next year, unless if a big move is made. And by the way, last year on Tim Anderson's contract. Let's go White Sox. No, I you're you're missing out on the on the options on Tim's contract. Um, oh, I'm sorry. He, he's their technically team options controlled or through player option. I believe they're team options. Um, they get more and more exponentially um, more expensive, but I don't see them walking away from Tim. Um, I think there's team options through the 25 season. I can double check that. But um, Jose Abreu. Now, here's where I'm going to throw it back at you, Tom. I know your idea here is that if you've already got Jose Abreu and you've already got Andrew Vaughn, you know, you, you believe in both. You're playing both. The problem with that idea, Tom, is where are you sticking Andrew Vaughn in the lineup if Jose Abreu is playing first? Or is Jose Abreu your full-time DH? And can the White Sox, with their current roster construction, afford to pay $18 million a year over three years or even like $20-plus million on two years uh, per year? for a full-time DH or for a guy that's swapping out at first base in DH when you've already got Yasmani Grandal and Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn um, and Aloy, who honestly I've, I've been an advocate for DH for the longest time, right? You've got a lot of guys that are DH or terrible in the outfield that can't play the outfield, right? It, let me ask you this question too. The Yankees, the Mets, the Padres, the uh, Phillies, the, did I say the Dodgers yet? The Dodgers. What do all those teams do that the White Sox don't? Well, the Phillies kind of suck, but except for last year. But they spend money. <laughs> so, yeah. so my argument to that being they should have ponied up. This is somebody that mattered to the fan base, mattered to the clubhouse, mattered to the mattered to the culture, and mattered to the actual amount of wins you've gotten year in, year out the last five, ten, no, nine seasons. Apologies. So I don't – I understand. Look, the, the, the reasons for the move are not lost on me. I just, I simply disagree. I think that it would have been a better thing to have Jose Abreu and Andrew Vaughn trade time at first base this year. I think that would have been 
a more prudent option to keep Jose Abreu because of what he means to the team, because of what he means to the fan base, because of what he means to Chicago, frankly. Like, it makes sense what happened. I'm not an idiot. I, I've seen Andrew Vaughn play baseball, and I know he's a first baseman. However, look at the core. Who on this core do you believe in 100%, 100% next year? Without a doubt in your mind, who in the core can you say, no matter what, I can bank on him being an above-average player going into next year? No one. No one. I guarantee you Jose Abreu is going to be an above-average league, above-league average player. Actually, I'll tell you who I believe in the most is Andrew Vaughn. There you go. <laughs> as funny as that is. Um, and I maybe that's the idea, too, is that they believe in Andrew Vaughn so much that they want him playing every single day, and they want him playing every single day at first base. Now, with this letting Jose Abreu walk, obviously you disagree with it. Who do you want to blame and why? Well, I mean, you can only blame Rick Hahn, right? And like, why? And why do you want to blame Rick Hahn? Well, <clears throat> I, look, I think that the thing to keep in mind is that, you know, there was an offer that was made and it allegedly was a respectable offer. The prevailing knowledge out there is that technically, technically, he was overpaid in free agency three years, 60 million is technically an overpay for what is projected to be his, you know, future production, especially mm -hmm. in that third year. Now, that being said, it sounds like to me, outsider looking in, reading the tea leaves, the reason why it was an overpay is because the White Sox offered respectable, market value there were multiple teams reported to have wanted a brave in their lineup for next year that's the main reason why for the overpay right but uh, like again point even being, even cleveland was wanting a piece of this right cleveland but, the team that does not spend money point the, team, being, the team whose ownership does not give a shit point being was willing to spend money that there was an offer on the table for it and it drove up the price that ultimately the team who cared the most brought him in. So Rick Hahn didn't care, didn't care enough to make the, to get this deal done. Jerry Reinsdorf wasn't willing to pony up the cash to get the, get the deal done, whatever it is. It's between those two guys, Kenny, and it's, it's a front office issue, right? And that's, that's where it gets pointed to. But when you point at the whole front office, you point at the top of the front office. So. As and you're saying the top of the front office is Raycon. No. You think Kenny Williams, K Dubs, J Jerry Reinsdorf's the head of the front office. Tech Jerry Reinsdorf right? is a, he's the one cutting the checks. He, okay, yeah, but that doesn't mean he is a decision maker. Oh well, yeah, and, and particularly he's not a decision maker with roster construction, which is what there I'm getting go. back to here. Okay, when you look at the 2023 White Sox, the upcoming roster for the White Sox. You look at the needs. What is their most glaring need? I keep coming back to this again and again and again, but this is what I, I need you to corner understand. Outfielder. The now fielder, particularly a corner outfielder, right? Can Jose Abreu play corner outfield? <laughs> Andrew Vaughn. <again. laughs> 
No. Right. No. And, no, and neither can't. can Andrew Vaughn. And we learned that Andrew Vaughn cannot play corner outfield. And we learned that Gavin Sheets cannot play corner outfield. So, yes, Rick Hahn is to blame. And it's not Rick Hahn not caring about Jose Abreu and not thinking that Jose Abreu's production is not valuable. It's Rick Hahn realizing he finally fucked up and he's got to find the money somewhere. The money will be spent. I'll tell you where to find the money. I, I haven't actually, I have a crazy idea that I didn't float by you until just now. But are you ready where, where, we, where we can find the money? Sure. We trade away a Liam package Hendricks. of Liam Hendricks and Lucas Giolito to Los Angeles Dodgers. Los Angeles Dodgers just lost, who the fuck, Tyler Anderson, who is kind of a not super fast fastball, like challenging pitcher like Lucas Giolito is. So if they were able to get Tyler Anderson some hella great success, plus Lucas Giolito is a hometown boy, I don't know. It seems like the shoe fit. Oh, and by the way, the Dodgers just straight up do not have a closer and haven't had a closer, and that was one of the reasons why they got bounced from the playoffs. So it would be a really good fit for Los Angeles. In return, we lose a lot of salary and we could probably get back ABC outfielder that fucking, they just seem to like generate. From, it's like fucking AI out there. They just like automatically generate these fucking mashing outfielders. Point being, we can get somebody from them. We can get some low tier arm back, probably. And we can move Ronaldo Lopez to the starting location, low <laughs> rotation again. <laughs> that's the that's where the the idea starts to fall apart at the seams. But you you get what I'm saying. Like there there is ways to make this roster more affordable if Jerry is not willing or able for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, the Dodgers outfield actually isn't that fantastic because last year it was Chris Taylor, Cody Bellinger and Mookie, obviously Mookie. There you go. But he's not, he's not going. Mookie isn't a homegrown talent. They, they actually, I mean, Trace Thompson is still, you know, getting 239 plate appearances in the regular season. Okay. At, he he fucking the, the fact that they helped him. You can't. Yeah. I mean, they they and that it comes down to player development, right? Obviously, the White Sox suck. Rick ass. Hahn said, "What's that?" I don't think Rick Hahn's ever heard of player development. I don't think he's aware of that as a concept. So, so I, it's a, it's been a failure within the organization since Rick Hahn took over as GM, right? And honestly, even before then. Um, but that's, there's a reason why they tried to supplement with Joey Gallo, right? Um, the, the White Sox got some options here. I don't see them getting rid of Liam. I, I just think it's going to take a lot of moving parts. I don't think the Dodgers... I, I think what the White Sox would want back in a Liam package would include Gavin Lux. And I don't think the Dodgers are willing to get rid of Gavin Lux. Unless, unless they re-sign and, Trey Turner. And I don't... Uh, I, that's not happening either. Um, or maybe he's, they are. He's they are. the best shortstop out there. 
Well, maybe they do re-sign Trey Turner, and and but then you've got Lux, who's under control for multiple years, and then you've got Turner as well. Um, why not stick both of them in the infield at second base and shortstop? It's literally the perfect combination. Um, it's not like they have a shortstop prospect that they're really keen on right now either. Um, so that being said, I I don't see the White Sox getting some package with 31-year-old Trace Thomas um, or Trace Thomas, Trace Thompson uh, and, and Gavin Lux uh, in return for Liam and Gio. Um, it's, it's also, a fair critique. It's a fair critique. Fair. Uh, and uh, just go out and get an outfielder. Like there are outfielders out in the free agent market that you should go out and you, you should, you should be yeah. expending all your resources on. Um, particularly I know, I know I'm a Brandon Nimmo lover. And if you think that Brandon Nimmo is going to cost too much, get Conforto on a prove it deal. Um, that's what we need. We need more people that are in prove it situations. Literally everyone on this team is on a prove it deal at this point. (laughs) And and the Dodgers had a guy that is now hitting free agency that is going to need a prove it deal as well. And Cody Bellinger, um, Cody Bellinger would have led the white Sox in home runs. Last year, by the way, with 19. so bad. And he's still, you know, this is a guy who had a 78 OPS. And he would have led the White Sox in home runs. Um, who, who, do you, who do you see the White Sox going out and getting? Let, let's talk free agency before we talk about who the White Sox have gotten so far to supplement their lineup. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's... <laughs> they're going to get... They have to get an outfielder. I, I don't know if it's Bellinger, Gallo, Nimmo, fucking these guys, but I they, I mean they they will get an outfielder, you know I it, it would be just unfathomable if they wouldn't. I mean I know they're so excited about Oscar Colas, and I mean you know I'm not I'm not not excited, but that's a depth piece. A, a yep. good, hopefully, a quality, hopefully, depth piece. Not worried about that. However, you know, you just can't expect that to be everything you need. Like, you can't expect them to play 160 and be above league average, like, right away. It's just not a safe bet. Exactly. Think about what the Astros did with Jose Siri at the end of the 2021 year. That's what <laughs> now I think the White Sox are going to pick more on. Well, they traded him as well. Yes. Yeah. But think about what, what he was to the 2021 Astros. I want that right. to be what Oscar Colas is. However, I think the White Sox are going to bank more on him, which is fine. Yeah. I think it's okay, especially with his age. Right. And, and Siri he's, he's is closer to being too. a I mean, finished was, product, hypothetically. Right. I mean, Siri's first MLB game was at age 25. Um, Colas is not that old yet, but he's getting close. Um, so I, I, it's okay for me if the White Sox bank on him more than 49 plate appearances and, and some playoff at bats, I don't want him to be starting 140 games next year. That's the last thing I want for Oscar Colas. I think that's a terrible idea for his development too. And to bank on guys who, you know, Maybe we're mashing in double A AA or triple A, but haven't seen like that's not what championship teams do. Championship teams Correct. don't depend on 24, 25 talent. year olds 
to carry them to the promised land completely when they haven't proven it yet. If that 24 or 25 year old has proven it because they've already been in the league for three years, like a Bryce Harper when he was at that age, then go for it. But that's not who we're looking at with the White Sox here. Even Luis Robert, in my opinion, still has to prove it. You know, Absolutely. like has he proven to stay healthy? Right. For, that's his big question. Right. So the White Sox need to concentrate on their outfield because right now, tell me what the White Sox starting outfield is for opening day. Eloy, Robert, Gavin Sheets. (laughs) Or Colas, right? Yeah, yeah. Colas is your starting right fielder, Sheets is your DH, and Vaughn is your first baseman? I wanted Jose Abreu. How is this this any better? How is this any better than 2019? How is this any better in 2019? That's a great question. And I think that brings me back to what my original point was, is that, like, as soon as Jose Abreu put on a Houston Astros uniform, I fell out of love with this core. You know, and I I didn't actually realize that I knew Jose Abreu was my favorite player. I did not realize that he was a linchpin for the way that I saw this lineup. You know, there there was a lot of faith and hope in in the team. <laughs> back in going into the 2022 season like everybody else had but the idea that you know now the one guy that was you know book it he's gonna be one of the best players in the league at his position we don't have that guy on the team anymore tim anderson is the best player on the team he's not in conversation for one of the best shortstops in the league no Unfortunately, yeah, definitely not right now. Definitely not right now. But you know, there's three free agents that I would consider to be better at the position than Tim Anderson. I'm not saying that Tim Anderson's not good. I'm saying for shortstop, you know, yeah, you, there you are have there to. are three. There it are is, three in particular who are better. Um, and honestly, and if the, just if, free agents, if the White Sox could land one of those, here's the thing. If you are the White Sox, now that Jose Abreu is well, here, let me ask you this question first. Can the White Sox still get better without Jose Abreu? Of like, course. can they be, well, actually, let me ask you this question again. Can their roster in 2023 be better than their lineup in 2022 without Jose Abreu? Of course. I mean, th- th- there's Aaron Judge is on the market. Trey Turner's on the like. If you bring those two guys in, yes, they're better than they were last year. However, I don't see that happening. Even with the White Sox pay, <laughs> let me let me let me say this then: with the White Sox pay constraints, because through the rumor mill again, the White Sox are going to spend a similar amount right. as they did last year, right? right? So with the pay constraints, say they're spending somewhere between one ninety and two hundred million on their payroll this year. Can they be, can their roster construction be as good or better without number 79? Uh, hypothetically, yes. I mean, you, you you shovel some money in right field and and, and second base and, and maybe Crusher. And um, hypothetically, yes. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that's why I'm hopeful. Like, I know it's sad. It's a really sad day. For no, White it's Sox not fans sad. everywhere. It's not. 
It's sad oh, and oh, disappointing. It's that, sad oh, with that, Jose Abreu. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I thought I'm you were saying Jose it's Abreu. sad that you're hopeful. And I was like, wow, that is <laughs> the most White Sox fan <laughs> shit in the world. I just I, well, I love pain. You know, I'm a masochist yeah. here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, what I'm trying to say here is, is it's sad that Jose Abreu is gone, obviously. Right. I don't think any White Sox fan is cheering that Jose Abreu is gone, okay? My, even myself. Even myself, Tommy. <laughs> I heard I'm not the cheering. cries of, of joy from Oak Park that in, on the day. <laughs> I, I heard it. Don't You're lie ridiculous. Me. I'm not super happy about it because it's going to force the White Sox to do something different. It's forcing them to step away from a guy who was a sure thing and go and, do, go and invest in guys, maybe a couple, maybe one in particular, that is going to have to be the new face of the franchise, okay? And I guess maybe not face of the franchise because maybe Tim Anderson Tim. is that still. We got Tim, yeah. But at least be that one one B guy, that one B or that close number two, right? Yeah. They need another dependable bat, another guy that's going to go out there and give you 150-plus games in the regular season and give you – Jose Abreu type production and maybe not Jose Abreu type production at the plate, but in the overall field. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's out there. You can get it. It's just, I don't know, man. I, again, it's, it's, it's about the core of the team that I just, I don't, I don't have the same faith in it without a stalwart like Jose Abreu, you know, like everybody else in my mind is a question mark. I, I get it. I get and, it. The current right, roster. Right. And that's the thing. What if the White Sox with the Jose? Okay. So Jose Abreu, AJ Pollock, uh, and everybody wow. else money, <laughs> you know, they, they, they went out, they already got Clevenger, which we'll talk about in a second here, mm-hmm. but it, is there not another guy that they can go get? And all of a sudden this line of bet, like Andrew Vaughn, Andrew Vaughn is just getting better and better, right? Right. I'm not Andrew Vaughn can have Jose Abreu type numbers next year with more power. With more power, yeah, yeah. Like maybe his average isn't going to be as high. I don't expect him to bat three oh four or whatever Abreu did last year, right? Yeah. But say he's batting two eighty with almost thirty bombs. That's better. That is better. That's better. Um, I I don't have you know I can't really you know argue with you on that. Um. There are ways to get better. There are ways to to supplement this team, and I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not a hundred percent doom and gloom. I'm just like ninety eight percent doom and gloom. You know, it's like, I I I'm real I'm real mad. I'm real mad that Jose Abreu walked. I get it from the player side. I, I get it from the team side, but it just. It made me reevaluate the team, and in doing so, I was unhappy with what I saw on the roster. Um, and I think there's more to be said about this later, and, and there's more to be said about free agents later. But you know, his body's not even cold yet, Steve. And you're trying to talk about how the team's better without him. So no, thank, I'm saying this you. team can be better. <laughs> it can be better without him. My goodness gracious me. He's going to win another. They're, they're going to be the first team to go back-to-back since the Yankees, and it's going to be terrible because Jose Abreu is going to do it under Dusty Bay. Actually, that'll be a real nice thing. I'll see Dusty See, you're Baker excited again. for that, aren't you? You're really excited and happy for Jose Abreu 
uh, being on another team, particularly the Astros, aren't you? Yeah, you're be, you're about to be an Astros fan, aren't you? Are they are they going to become your 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 favorite? Are they going to become your AL team now, Tom? No, oh, that's because <laughs> I've got San Francisco, and then it's going to be the Astros. That's exactly. Hilarious. No, no, um, no. I okay, but let, let's go on to the the the. Oh, he's he's changing the topic. He doesn't. Yeah, wanna... <laughs> I know because you think I'll admit that the Astros are my team. No, and um, we're, we're Lucas Giolito is a great guy. Uh, speaking of the starting rotation, which is what we're. Uh, slowly transitioning into uh, Lucas Giolito was out in the Dominican Republic picking up uh, trash. Uh, and that is a good thing. We can all agree. He- Actually, it's been proven players that step away from the game for a minute, get their mindset where it needs to be. Not just wallow or go overwork themselves and get more stressed out. They're bound to have a better back bounce back season. It's sports psychology. Simple as that. Lucas is the kind of guy that you'd want on the team based on his character. And I think that's what matters based on, you know, everything that he's done in the offseason. Not just, not just this year, but multiple years. And, and you're right. Like, he hit the gym real hard last year. He focused real hard last year, and um, maybe he should have been, you know, out and about doing doing right to the world instead. Point being, we transition now to this. Let's talk about starting rotation. Starting rotation. Thank you for letting me rant for a couple of minutes. Uh, White Sox starting rotation looks solidified. It's all right-handed arms. We're, we're allergic or, or done. <laughs> we, we are we are allergic as an organization since the Dallas Keuchel signing to left-handed yep. pitching arms. It just yes. it's proven. The White Sox <laughs> didn't want to go do it last offseason, despite the question marks around Keuchel. They then cut Keuchel. They didn't go out and get anybody on a minor league deal that's a left-handed arm. There's nobody <laughs> down in the minors that's a left-handed arm and a starter. Um, <laughs> We're allergic to it because of how bad the Dallas Keuchel deal was. Um, and I had my problems with it too when Rick Hunt signed him for that long, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom, let's, let's hop into it. Um, <laughs> we've got Cease. We've got Lynn. We've got Geo. We've got uh, Michael Kopech, most likely. And then we've got Mike Clevenger as the, as the new signing. Um, thoughts on Clevenger. And then I know you've got a question for me. Twitchy McTwitcherson. Um, I liked – I'll put it to you this way. I was happy to see him leave the division when he went to San Diego. I do have questions about how he handled the situation in Cleveland when he broke COVID protocols and whether or not you agree with what the CDC was telling you to do you know, we can disagree with that on a different day. But the thing that you cannot argue with is that he went behind the backs of his teammates and did something that he wasn't supposed to and was punished by the team, not the league. He was punished by the team for this. So I eventually traded. I mean, that's actually why they traded in San Diego as well, too. They they didn't want him and his attitude around the team. Okay. 
it just it makes me raise an eyebrow. I would like to see. I'll have to because he's signed with the White Sox now. But I'm interested to see how his character plays out in in the clubhouse. Who's to say? Maybe he's excellent. Maybe he's the best teammate in the world. Maybe. It's all possible. Maybe he just fucking hates Cleveland and can't wait to, you know, give it to him. And that's also a good thing for us. Um, Now, okay. Baseball side of things. I was happy to see him leave the division because uh, he always pitched his, you know. He owned the White Sox. He owned them. I think he had a sub three ERA against the White Sox. Um, And there's other numbers that are nuts. He just dealt, right? So uh, this also, uh, and the third thought on, on Clevenger, if I may, plays into the whole mindset of, I don't think Rick Hahn has scouts. So what he does is he just takes guys who kick the White Sox ass and signs them. That's all he does. You know, like, especially from the pitching side. He's just like, oh, this guy shat on us for the last couple of years. Let's sign him now. Like, Or, or this guy just dominated us in the playoffs. I guess we should sign him now. It's it's every year, every fucking offseason. <laughs> yeah, Clevenger has that history of owning the South Side. Um, that may have been one appeal for Rick Hahn. Um, I like the deal for Clevenger. Uh, once again, it's a prove-it deal. Um, he's... Yeah, exactly. Apparently grown up a little bit, which is good. Um, a lot of people were worried about his character or maturity. Um, there haven't been any reports out of San Diego in the last couple seasons. Um, oh, yeah, because San Diego has no issues with maturity on their team. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, too. Is I, and, uh, well, everybody's looking Clevenger, for Nick Tatis so they don't have time to complain about Clev. <laughs> well, I mean, apparently Clevenger made a comment, too, after Tatis got busted for uh, the PEDs. Um, and said something along the lines of like Fernando needs to mature or whatever. And everybody was like, Oh, real fucking ironic coming from like, <laughs> um, but apparent outside of like that being said, um, there hasn't been any like qualms with, uh, Mike Clevenger either since he got traded there in 2020. Yeah. Um, obviously he spent all of 2020, 2021 out, uh, because of, uh, Tommy John surgery. Um, he only pitched 114 innings last year. Um, he pitched 126 in 2019 and that's the closest he's been, uh, to his 200 mark in 2018. Yeah. Um, I don't expect, I, I, and here, here's where I'm at. White Sox fans that think Mike Clevenger is going to be the Mike Clevenger that pitched in 2018, 2019, uh, don't expect that. Don't expect him to be that good. Okay. I mean, this is, he's not going to be a sub three ERA pitcher. I'll tell you that right now. He's not going to be a 318 ERA pitcher or uh, uh, even 320 in 2018. Um, I, I'm, I'm, pardon me, that's not his ERA number. I'm looking at something else. All that being said. <laughs> Mike Levenger is going to be a solid four. Yeah. Yeah. He's a solid I, and four. And I like it. With potential. With potential for better. Like, that's a th- the, the There's room in my heart for Mike Clevenger, right? <laughs> is what I'll say. Is like, I, I wasn't excited by the signing because of the doubts that I have around, you know, his injury history and his 
character history, but it's not to say that I don't think that he can be an incredible teammate, a really good interview, a great presence in the, in the clubhouse and a really good player on the field. I, I think he could be great. I just, based on what he's done recently, I'm like, I don't know. We're really taking a flyer on the guy is, is the issue. Um, yeah, and I don't yeah. know if the White Sox are in a position to take flyers on guys. <laughs> and it's a little bit of an expensive flyer, too. Um, it's not like a Johnny Quater, Quato minor league deal that can turn into a four and a half, five million, right? I mean, right. You're, you're, right. you're guaranteeing this guy. I mean, some reports have had it up to 12 million. Um, Heyman reported over eight and then somebody else reported one year for 12. I have no problem with one year for 12 because that's uh, first off, they kind of set the market. Um, and, and they didn't want to beat, um, they didn't want to have anybody beat them to Clevenger, uh, which I think is okay because I don't think, I don't think it can get much worse for Clevenger than it did last year. I mean, no, I, I think he's I, a better th- pitcher than than what he showed last year. Absolutely, I, I think I think his floor of four thirty three ERA, like that's been his outside of his rookie season. Um, that's his floor for his ERA. Okay, I mean, we're talking about a guy that sat around a three ERA for. I mean, mind you, it was there were some injuries thrown in there as well, but mm-hmm. for a few seasons. Um, I, I like it. I think it's a solid risk to take. And you need arms. I, I hope the White Sox yeah. don't stop here with starting pitching. I hope that they maybe get one more guy on a flyer deal. But I also think that they need to prioritize, as I said before, outfield. Um, yeah. Second base is going to be a, a patch-up job. I already know that we're gonna Such we're gonna bullshit. get yeah we're gonna get the uh the Leary, the Romy Gonzalez Leary Garcia um Lenin Sosa treatment at second Lenin base. Sosa is gonna be he's the truth man look out um, Dean and Oscar those are my guys if those guys are start each starting more than a hundred <laughs> games those are apiece. your full time right fielder and second baseman you better put some respect on their name Steve. If so. each of those guys are starting over a hundred games apiece, we're 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 in a world of hurt this year. <laughs> you thought eighty one and eighty one was bad? Think again. How do you feel about seventy nine wins, baby? Oh boy! <laughs> my, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're more like sixty nine. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, well, uh, the reason I, I wanted to ask you this, and I think we should get to it so that we we can close out here. Uh, I I think that this is the last big starting pitching rotation addition that we're going to see anything else we see i believe will be kind of like an around the margins depth piece pickup so that being said let's rank them where do you have them where where do you have our five guys uh lined up if you were building the rotation right now going forward into the 2023 season you've got to pick from in no particular order mike clevenger lance lynn Michael Kopech, Lucas Giolito, and Dylan, Dylan, Dylan Cease. So where where do you have them and why? Well, I think it's very clear who the best pitcher, starting pitcher on the Chicago White Sox, like who that is and where they rank. Like who's the number one? It's Dylan Cease, Lucas right? Julia. What? This is <laughs> best pitcher in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right, though. Dylan Cease is absolutely um, one yeah. Dylan, Dylan Cease is, was the runner-up for Cy Young this year, right? Uh, 
it's very clear that he is the White Sox ace. Um, Zero questions. Right. Let's hope that he continues to have, uh, you know, the a career or a season like he did uh, last year. I was absolutely phenomenal watching him go to work. Um, yeah, it was the the improvements that were made in in the off season in Cats Lab um, from experience. It's it's shown. So I'm super pumped to call Dylan Cesar ace. Hundred um, percent. Thanks, Cubs. Um, Number two, my number two, when healthy, there's a caveat here. It's when healthy is how Michael Cope. Ca- how dare you put a caveat here in, in your rankings? Sorry. Stand by it, my my good sir. Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech. Okay. I mean, this guy last year didn't just show flashes of brilliance. There was actually a stretch of brilliance from Michael Kopech. Um, and then the nagging injuries popped up. So. I would love to see Michael Kopech stay healthy, you know, continue with the strength and conditioning and, and stretching out that arm um, in the offseason. I think the White Sox need 150-plus strong innings from Michael Kopech this year. Um, I don't know if they're going to get it, but it would be fantastic to see. Um, he's my number two. The stuff is nasty, and over time he's learning to become more of a pitcher than just a thrower. You know, he used to go out there and pump 101, right? He's not that guy anymore, but there's still hella movement on his fastball. Um, once he develops another pitch, um, whether that be a curve, a slider, um, a changeup, um, it's just too fastball heavy. And in, in today's league, that doesn't play super well against some teams. It does against some teams. It doesn't against others, depending on the roster. Um, but I think Michael Kopech, considering his age, and considering the way he's developed, he's my two. Okay, when healthy, third best pitcher. Um, I don't. Once again, we're talking about guys that can't get. I don't think can get worse than they were last year. Lucas Giolito. Um, I know that. I know you're surprised to hear that. You thought I was going to put Giolito further down. Um, oh. Coming to think of it, Lucas Giolito is an improvement year. Big time prove it year, right? Uh, this is the last year of arbitration. He becomes an unrestricted free agent next year. I know he likes being on the White Sox, but I also know he wants his payday. Lucas Giolito, I think, goes out and has himself a solid year. I don't know if it's going to be his best year that he's had in the league, but I do see him being a very good three. Okay? I, he's not ace Giolito anymore. But... He could be a really solid three. Side he could know. even be a two. Um, my four, you know, originally I had Lance Lynn here, but we talked about it last. Was that last night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. After- I'm gonna I'm gonna put my four at Clevin here once again. A guy who I don't think he, we already talked about him. I don't think he can get worse than he did last year. If he stays where he is, think about this: a guy with a four ERA as your four. In today's baseball, I think it's okay. I'll take it. The White Sox need to put up runs, but a guy who's who's you know going out there with a four ERA, I mean that's that's what six innings, three runs a game. That's a four fifty right there. Six innings, three runs given up is a four fifty ERA. Quality stat. So, my five is Lance Lynn. I don't know what to expect of Lance Lynn anymore. He's getting old. 
The injuries are catching up to him. He has a conditioning issue. <laughs> see, see what I did there? I didn't. I didn't use the three letter. The three letter word. Carefully said, sir. Carefully said. Um, he's out of shape. He's out of shape. Okay. Um, he's the he. Hey, he's the big bastard. So exactly. Okay. Lance, Lance Lynn, the the extension. I know they extended him for those extra years. Um, I get what the White Sox were trying to do. But I love Lance Lynn's mentality. I worry about his stuff. Yeah. If his velocity can stay up, great. Once he starts to lose velocity, he's just going to become a right-handed Dallas Keuchel. <laughs> Pain! How dare you! No, he doesn't pitch to contact. That's the difference. He doesn't pitch to contact, but trying to pitch to strike out people when your velocity is dipping is a bad recipe. Yeah, yeah. And that I, I uh, well, we'll get there. Okay, so you have Cease, Kopech, Giolito. Giolito. Clevenger, and then the shade, the ultimate shade, putting Lynn at five in your. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope yeah. he proves me I wrong. I mean, of course, we hope all of these people prove us wrong, and they're all aces. Uh, they're all number ones. That's what we want to see. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. The White Sox rotation yeah. has the potential to be potential to right. be one of the best in the league. It like does. To, like top it three. Absolutely it does. has potential to be top three in the league. I know that's a crazy take, but if everybody goes per, performs to their 95th percentile and above, it's one of the top three rotations in the league. Totally. Uh, if they don't, they could be bottom. They, they I mean, they <laughs> shit. Think say say cease cease regresses. Uh, where let me go through the list. List cease regresses. Kopech gets hurt again, or struggles to find the strike zone and throws too many fastballs and doesn't develop another pitch. Uh, Giolito stays the same. Clevenger stays the same, and Lynn has injury problems slash velocity dips you're looking at a bottom third rotation in the league, like 21st, 22nd in the league, which the White Sox cannot afford. Oh, no. Oh, no, because we do not slug. <laughs> so, okay, um, that is – wow. You just spelled disaster. I, I don't think that – you went you went and espoused, like, all the reasons why you think everybody's going to be great this year, and then – There's no it, way all those things happen. No, no that's – <laughs> It took you 15 seconds to say, also, this team could suck and it would be horrible to watch. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, uh, now that you've ruined everyone's hopes and dreams, like you, you built everybody's hopes up and then you crushed them so quickly. Uh, I will uh, give you my top, top five again. Once again, to recap yours, you said Cease, Kopech, Geo, Clev, Lynn. Okay. Yes. I'm going to go Cease because, again, obviously, he's this runner-up to the Zion. Okay, clear, convincing. Right. My number two, and this is controversial, (laughs) Lucas Giolito bounce-back candidate baby. Lucas Giolito is going to be your number two pitcher. You Uh, think Gio's an ace, don't you? I do. No. I mean, he's proven in the past that he was. Uh I mean, I just I like his stuff. I, I he needs to he needs to get back to the velocity difference that he had before between his fastball and his change. But 
I mean, I just think he's a smart pitcher in the way that he uses tunneling and, and blah, 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 blah. And I think he pays attention and cares about his craft. And I think he made a bad decision going into last season trying to bulk up. I think he'll just try to do kind of what he did before and get back into his groove and be a really good pitcher. Get off the Lance Lynn plan. How dare you? (laughs) I am going to say that number three is... I want to change it. I want to change up my... I won't. I won't change up my order. I'm going to go number three is Mike Clevenger. I think he is... You know, coming off of Tommy John is hard for the first year. Usually it's the year after you come back, the two years or whatever. The year after the year that you come back is the year that you come back to form. I believe that Clevenger is going to come back to form. I think he's going to be a good pitcher for us. I got number four as, man, my four and five. I I think four and five in most rotations are toss-ups. So, I mean, I'm going to flip a coin and I'm going to say – Michael Kopech is going to be your number four. I, my problem with him is he just hasn't proven it yet. Like he, he's, yeah. he's, well, I he's, mean, I mean, longevity. he's exactly. in regard to longevity. He is not, you're right. He's had games. He's had a couple stretches of time where he has just been unhittable. He's also had times where he has been the most hittable. He's had times where he hasn't been able to make his starts and put in, put the team in a bad position, you know, and uh, nothing against him for his, like, it's not his fault. He's in, he's been injured, you know, however, I just don't trust him to be, you know, ace material top three of the rotation material going into the season. Um, And then number five, I have, I have my issues with, along with you with Lance Lynn, uh, his knee, uh, I think, you know, maybe this off season will have his knee come back to form. And I, I think one of the reasons why is I think, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I think one of the reasons why his stuff kind of faded a little bit is because his knee never fully healed and he didn't have the ability to drive and put pressure on that knee the same way he used to. Um, so I, I, I have my issues with that, but however, comma, he also has the ability to be, you know, the ace of the rotation. It, it is entirely possible that he could be, you know, if his stuff, because he's just fastballs 88% of the time, right? But the idea with his fastballs is they all sit 93, 94, and they all move different directions and hit different parts of the zone. And that means that he has that potential, if well, to just fuck with everybody. And Steve... He has that potential. I don't. I know you don't believe he can be ace again. He can be ace again. However, for now, I have him at my five. Um, I don't think he has ace potential. I, I think he does. Not I, anymore. I really do. The big Not bastard. Anymore. I mean, th- that's the things. Like technically, like we're talking about a thirty-five-year-old. I don't know, man. I I, I think two hundred and seventy pounds. It was so picture. recent. It was so recent. His success. His, his, like his, you're talking about 21, 2022, tw- uh, 2020 as well. Sorry, 2020 he was really 2020 great. was solid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 2021 he was a, a Cy Young candidate. Yeah, so two and, years in a row and, Cy Young candidacy, and one year in between, and then we're present day. So I'm telling you, his success, his top, his peak 
was so recent, Steve. 2020, he was a little, I don't know. He was good, but he wasn't he wasn't Cy Young candidate in 2020. Um, I'll say this about Lynn. It was good in 2020, not Cy Young. Um, I wanted them in the offseason of 2020 to go. Um, yeah, pardon me. Yeah, 2020, wasn't it? When did the Sox get win? Yeah, after 2020. They got him yeah, after, after 2020. I wanted them in the offseason of 2019-2020 to go get him. Um, the velocity is dipping on his sinker and on his four-seamer, which are his two fastest pitches. Uh, I think, uh, what did I say here? Yeah, four-seamer dipped a mile per hour, a whole a whole tick, a and whole then tick over a tick for the sinker. It's going to be an issue, I think, moving forward. Especially, yeah, he'll need to get those back up. If he can't get those back up, then... Yeah, walks are down, which is great. Uh, he was in the top 2% of uh, pitchers when it com- came to uh, walks given up, or uh, walk percentage, pardon me. Um, and his fastball spin is there, which is great. Um, even post sticky stuff era, uh, the, the fastball spin is there, but the velocity is down, uh, which is not what you want to see out of a guy that is going to depend on striking guys out. Um, he, he showed those flashes of brilliance, which I think for like in my head, I think he could be as high as, as three or even the two in this rotation. Right. Um, if, Absolutely. if, Absolutely. if he, if he pitches to the best of his ability, um, I don't think he's ace, but at the same time, the, I think the white Sox really need him to number one, stay healthy. Yeah. And number two be, even if he is what he was toward the end of the year last year, I'd be okay with that. I, yeah. I mean, he had some starts in there that were horrific, but he did end the season with a sub four ERA. Absolutely. That, and that's the thing is that he had, he showed progression. Um, and, and that's where I'm like, I'm not saying he's for sure five. He's the five for now, but I think he's got that. And I think something to keep in mind, and, and I think this is where we're both coming from with our, with our trepidation, as it were, uh, is that he's, he's not the, what the fuck? <laughs> you did so well not saying that up until now, you bastard. I had to throw it in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> God damn it. No, I was going to say he's not, he's never been, you know, uh, Thin. Nah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, his pitch mix, his pitch mix. It's like, again, it's 88% fastballs. You it's know, different those, types of fastballs, but yeah. yes, yeah. right. Exactly. But it's, it, it, but it is reliant, heavily reliant on the speed with which his fastball is fast. <laughs> and, uh, you know, amazingly enough, I know I'm breaking new ground here, but the point is there's a lot of pitchers that their stuff ages better. Rich Hill, right? His curve is his fucking calling card, which means he's aged fine, not great, but his, his, his regression was slowed significantly by the fact that he doesn't need velocity to get people out. Lance Lynn needs velocity to get people out. So as soon as it goes, it goes. And it's going to be a quick and swift downfall if the downfall is, in fact, this year. Um, So that that, there is my fear around Lance Lynn is that it it won't be a pretty downfall based on his pitch mix. Prove me wrong, right? Uh, And I think, again, he has that potential to be amazing, but uh, it's just – it'll be one or the other, either shite or 
ace, in my opinion. Um, and, and maybe it'll be Jekyll Hyde where you get one one day and one the other day. But, um, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you're, you could stay on brand too, Tom, with your phone just going off in the background. Just How now. dare you? Uh, <laughs> we're well over an hour, Tom, so let's wrap yeah. this thing up. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, I, I hated seeing Jose Abreu go. I really did. I, I'm I'm good. I'm good with the Clevenger signing. We have we have issues elsewhere. Let's see what we can do. Agreed. I I think you you said it well. I right, thank you, Jose Abreu, for everything. Um, I know the White Sox came out with their uh, their little goodbye video as well, and little tear jerking for some people. But it was. Um, I know. As much as I think this ball club needs somebody like Jose Abreu, when it comes to roster construction, the White Sox need to invest their resources because they're not going to go out. They're not going to be a $250 million payroll team. They're not going to be even close to that, right? We're looking what close, is? a lot closer to 200, right? You've got to expend your, you got your, your resources are not unlimited. So go out. Spend your resources elsewhere. All right. I, I I can't even say it anymore because do you know whose fault this is, Tom? Fucking Rick Hahn. And, okay, and, so and, and, Han, and Han, I don't trust. Rebuilder Buster. <laughs> it almost looks like time. we're at Rebuilder <laughs> Bust at this point. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> Try to stay optimistic about the White Sox. I, I still have a glimmer of hope. So we, I've got a glimmer as well. A glimmer that we could take the Central and get bounced in the first round. Let's go, baby. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all on the flip side. Have a good one.